think it was Thursday night, I like felt inspired to talk about something else, but I'm going to finish on Psalm 23. Um, but if you'd actually be able to turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians, please. And we're going to be going to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Just give me a yee-haw when you get there. Sweet as, sweet as. I can still hear some people's Bibles flicking. So, But 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to be reading from the message, um, and then I'll just read it in another verse version that I also um, really like. So it says here, um, oh, I'll just give you a bit of context before I start, but this is Paul, um, and the, he's talking to the Corinthians. And the Corinthians had like um, kind of been disrespecting him a little bit. Um, there have been all these other like apostles are coming in that um, the Corinthians are all taken by. And they're like, oh, these guys are amazing. And they've sort of like, Paul, the guy who started their church, they're sort of not feeling him anymore. Um, and, you know, they asked him like, you know, well, where are your credentials? You know, what makes you like better than them? And Paul's like, don't even start. Don't even like. And so this is where it's like, this is where he starts talking about it. Um, and I'll start reading now. And Paul says to them, You've forced me to talk this way, and I do it against my better judgment. But now that we're at it, I may as well bring up the matter of visions and revelations that God gave me. For instance, I know a man who 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy to the heights of heaven. I really don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise again. Whether in or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. There he heard the unspeakable spoken, but was forbidden to tell what he heard. This is the man I want to talk about. But about myself, I'm not saying another word apart from the humiliations. So Paul's saying he can talk about all these things and he wants to because, you know, all these crazy, amazing things that God has showed him. But he's not going to talk about those. He's only going to talk about the humiliations. If I, had a mind to, if I had a mind to brag a little, I could probably do it without looking ridiculous and I'd still be speaking plain truth all the way. But I'll spare you. I don't want anyone imagining me as anything other than the fool you'd encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. The gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angels did his best to get me down. What he did, in fact, was push me to my knees. So there's no danger of me walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did this, and he told me, my grace is enough, it's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift it was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride 
and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, and bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. So at first, he, wants the hand, he doesn't want the handicap, but you see that later on, he realizes that it's actually a blessing and he treats it as a gift. I just want to read it in um, another version that I have because I like the way it sounds. Um, so this is ESV version. Um, I don't know, it's a bit, it's like a little bit weird, but I vibe with it, I vibe. And so it says, just from verse 7, um, it says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. So I just want to talk a little bit about Paul. Um, so I feel like uh, Paul, he struggled um, with a bit of that pride and conceit um, because you hear him talking about it in the verse originally about like, you know, I, I, this is the man I want to talk about, the God, uh, um, how God opens up the heavens for me in these visions and these dreams, um, about all the like crazy things that he's done and experience he's gone through about healing people, um, about preaching to people and converting them and starting churches, all these amazing miracles that God does through him. But um, you see that he ends up, he, he realizes that um, he needs, he's not going to talk about that. He's going to talk about the humiliations. Um, and yeah, I feel real bad for him because um, I was like shook that he wants to talk about, cause, that he would rather talk about those because all the things that he's gone through, because he's like, I think he gets like, he's been whipped um, it says earlier in like the other chapters, it says he was being beaten with, two, um, with rods. Uh, he was actually stoned. Um, he's been shipwrecked three times um, and like goes on all these dangerous journeys. And it says he always has to face, you know, the threat of robbers and um, the threat of the wild animals and the elements and stuff. Um, he's been hungry before. He's gone thirsty. He's been cold and exposed. Um, not only all this physical stuff, but he also mentions that he's under, he has constant anxiety about the churches and trying to look after them and anxiety about trying to make sure that God's message is spread and that these churches succeed. And um, I feel like we relate a lot to that. Like a lot of mental health is like a big issue. Um, and like sometimes that's other people's thorns is the, is the mental part of it. Um, yeah, through all that, he did all these amazing things. Um, and so, yeah, he mentions that there is a temptation there. Um, there's a temptation there for him to boast and to become conceited. And, um, but the thorn, the thorn that is mentioned is the, it's like the buffer um, that keeps him from, getting, from uh, becoming boastful. And I, f I think it's like every time he would sort of want to, like, yeah, he would want to boast or feel, start feeling prideful, the, the ailment would, like, he would feel the, the migraine or he would be blind or... I can't remember what the actual thorn is, but it doesn't really matter about the thorn. It's about what it did for him. Um, but yeah, so I just want to talk a little bit about pride as well. Um, 
I feel like pride, it's very easy to like become prideful, like it's natural for us in like, you know, our sinful and human nature. Um, it's like, it's sometimes it can be hard to, harder to try and remember to be humble than it is to be prideful. Um, and from personal experience, I feel like a lot of times like I act humble or like I try to. Um, and like, you know, like I'll do something and everyone's like, oh, good job, Kessa. And I'm like, yeah, no, no worries, it's all good. Um, but on the inside, I'm like, yes, I did a good job. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm better than that t- person that tried to do it. Like, I, like, on the inside, I can be prideful. Um, and like, I'm working with that, trying to change that and stuff. Um, but yeah, pride um, is, yeah, it's a powerful thing that, um, like, you know, we have, that's why we have to keep our hearts guarded against it. And Paul is constantly um, warning the churches against, against pride and becoming boastful and um, conceited. Um, but yeah, um, oh, another thing I wanted to mention, sorry, I'm like all over the place, but um, uh, I remember I was reading, I was watching a sermon about it, um, and the pastor said some cool stuff about how um, God uses us so much, um, and he's so content to be in the background that when people look at us and they see the good things that God is doing, all they see is us, Um, and it can get like kind of blurred, it can get really hard to see where we end and where God starts. Um, and I feel like that's the purpose of the thorn. Um, because, yeah, it definitely can get like that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, is it me that's like, did God, God gave me the gift, but it's me that uses it. But it's like, no, it's God using the gift in you. He's the one that uses your mouth to sing the songs and uses your mouth to preach the sermons. He's the one that uses your imagination to paint the pictures, to draw up the buildings, um, uses your hands to build them and to do them and to cook. Um, it's not like it's all about a God who has given us the gifts to do these things. And so, yeah, um, oh, this pastor, he also mentioned something really cool. And he said, we are merely, we're the conduits of power, not the sources of the power. And so I really like that. We're just the conduits of the power, not the sources of power. It talks about us being the hands and the feet of the world. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I just love that, that God, is, he's the one that allows us the victories. Um, but then I want to talk about the thorn as well, like the purpose of the thorn. And I feel really bad for Paul because like, I feel like God like, does all this really amazing, great stuff through him. But then that means... He has to suffer in like an equal manner to keep it like even. And I feel so, like he does all this really cool stuff and then he's shipwrecked for three days. I'm like, damn, this is so sad. But um, like, yeah, and I feel like the purpose of the thorn, it's not really, it's not to kill you, but it's to prick you and it can be really annoying. And um, it doesn't necessarily, it's not gonna destroy you, but it keeps you close to God in a way that every time, like the thorn, Um, the thorn and the things we go through it's like we have to rely on God for it because if you were living your best life and like God made sure that you had all the things you needed you never had any problems it's like um, you wouldn't you wouldn't need him would you and I feel like a lot of my other friends that aren't Christian or don't like God they struggle with this because they're like well why would God let bad things happen to you like you know why would he allow these things to happen why doesn't he look after you and help you have like an amazing pristine life and it's like, I c- it can be hard explaining to them, but it's just like without, like, without those things in my life, without the depression or without money issues and things like that, 
without job issues. It's just like, when am I ever supposed to talk to God and ask him for help um, or thank him for the things that he has done for me? So it can be very hard to, it can be very hard to be thankful for your thorn. Um, but in Romans 8.28, it mentions that all things work together for, for his good, um, for the people that he has called to his purpose. Um, and I feel like as Christians, as Seventh-day Adventists, we are all called to God's purpose. Um, and so I just want to ask you a question. Um, can you, like, what, what, think about what are your thorns? Is it, is it like people who are acting thorny in your life? Is it work? Um, is it arthritis, sicknesses? Is it depression, anxiety? Is it mental health illnesses? Um, think about your thorns. But then I want to think, can you be grateful for them? Can you actually turn it around and actually physically be grateful to God for it? Because I feel like it's really hard. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Um, but... Um, Someone said, you need to ask, ask God, uh, you ask God to take away the thorn, but you've got to think about what can you take away from the thorn? What can you take away from the issues? Because Satan, he's going to do, he's going to, there's sin in the world, and Satan's going to try and attack us because we are God's people, and he's going to try and give us more thorns, more issues in our life. And I feel like how powerful and amazing would it be if I can take that issue that the devil is trying to inflict on me, like what happened to Paul about, he mentions Satan's angel was trying to bring him down, but instead it brought him to his knees so he wasn't able to walk around all high and mighty and better than God. And I feel like how powerful would it be to take what Satan is trying to bring us down and separate us from God and actually use it to bring ourselves closer to God. Amen? I don't know. I just feel like it would just be, it's just, I find it so funny that like Satan tries to do all these things and I'm like, psych. I'm actually going to take it. It's going to make me closer to God. You thought that I would break, but no. No, I won't. But yeah. Um, and I feel like how many times have you prayed yourself and asked God to take away the thorn just like Paul did? He asked three times, and I feel like it's so relatable. Like how many times have you yourself asked God to help you take away the problems in your life? And sometimes it does. God does help us. He performs miracles for us. And that's why we talk and ask him. But how many times has he not answered it? And you just feel like you feel upset. And this was me like Thursday, Thursday night. I was like, oh, I was still thinking about preaching about Psalm 23. But then I was just feeling like really crappy. Um, oh, sorry, really, really sad. <laughs> um, my, my auntie's always telling me not to say things in front of the kids and I like forget that it's actually bad. Um, yeah, no, I was feeling really down. Um, and I just wanted, like, I just, I pray all the time, and I'm like, God, please, just take my life. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. It's too, it's too hard. It's too much effort. Oh, forgive me. Sorry, my voice is breaking. Um, but yeah, always asking God to take those things away from me, and I'm like, and then I think, why hasn't God taken me yet, or why hasn't God taken the issue away yet? And I, like, got on my phone, and um, I searched up, like, I was just searching up some, I was in sermon room, um, on YouTube, trying to find some inspiration or trying to like, I don't know, feel better because I was like, oh, I guess I better do something spiritual. Like, you know, I got a, it's like 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm like, oh, I got a sermon that like, you know, I'm supposed to preach and stuff, say something good. Um, and then this pastor started talking about Second Corinthians chapter 12 and I was feeling so inspired by it because I was like, brah, I'm like, literally, I was just asking God to take away my thorn. Um, 
And so it just spoke to me like real hard. Because God doesn't always remove it. And so we have, to use, we have to work with it. We have to use it for his power. And so I think, what now? So what are you going to do with your thorns? So like I've told you all this stuff about be grateful for it, no, no, no. But what are you going to do with it? And I feel like the way that we can use it and turn it around is through ministry and through testimony. Because testimony and what God does for you and your thorn is going to speak more and relate more to other people than some than like an angel who's perfect speaking to them. I mean, not gonna. I'm not better. We can't do better than angels. Obviously, angels are amazing. But um, it's like that's why God doesn't send an angel to go and just convert everyone and talk to everyone, because what um, a broken man talking to another broken man and just relating with them is what's going to convert people and is what's going to change people's lives. And I feel like that's Paul's ministry. Paul ministered out of his hardships and out of his brokenness because he does all these amazing things, but God never takes it away. And like, it's kind of like ironic how he's helping everyone else. He's healing everyone else, changing everyone's lives, yet he's living like kind of like poverty. He's still living with an ailment, with his thorn, with his handicap. And it's like he can't help himself, kind of. It's kind of like, I find it kind of funny, but kind of funny, kind of sad. But um, yeah, that's how, but that's why, that's why he's so powerful and why he's saying to the people when the people of, um, is it Corinth? The Corinthians? Um, when they said to him, well, what, like, where's your credentials? Like, why are you better than these like, amazing guys that are like, talking to us, telling us all this crazy stuff? And he's like, because I'm, here's my credentials. I'm just like you. I have all the, I've been through this and this and this. What have they been through? How do they know God and how have they lent on God? But I have been through this and that is why that's my credentials and that's what I've been through. And I feel like we always try and cover up our thorns. Um, obviously, you don't want to like walk around screaming out what's wrong with you all the time. But it's like a lot of times we try and hide it. We try and pretend like we are okay and like we are good. There's nothing wrong. You hide the financial issues that's behind closed doors. Um, but sometimes I feel God gives us opportunities to talk to people and talk to our friends and, so, and say, yes, I'm a Christian, but bro, I have that same problem too. Like, I'm going through this, but you know why I am still smiling and not frowning? It's because God has given me a grace that is sufficient for my issue, for my problem. And that's, that gives, that's what gives our testimonies the credibility is the issues that we go through. That's, that's how I can tell people. This is how I really know God is real and how I really know he has done great things because I've been through this and I'm going through this. But I am still smiling and I'm still standing here and I'm still alive. And that's, that is your guys' story and what you can tell other people. But I want to just talk. This pastor that I listened to as well, he said something else that I thought was really cool. And he says, he take, um, you, turn, you take ministry from misery. That's what God, he takes from our misery and he turns it to ministry because his grace is sufficient. God, he has the power. He has the power to stop it, but he allows it um, because he knows that it's going to keep us close to him. Because I think I said one time about my, um, like, uh, when I'm closest to God or when I can find my biggest connection with God is like right after I've been through something like really like hard or like really sad. Um, because I realized just how much I need him and just how much um, he can do for me. But he has the power to stop it, but he allows it. But he has given us a sufficient amount of grace. And I just want to 
I want to read that verse again because it's, it's so good. But it says, He asked him three times, I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly for my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. But yes, Jesus will come again. That is, that's, we're Seventh-day Adventists. We believe in the second advent. Um, and Jesus is coming again. And I feel like that's what, gives me, that's what gives me my hope. That's what gives me like my strength. Sorry. I'm like ugh, all over the place. But yeah, Jesus is coming again. And God has given us that grace. He has given us the promise. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us. Um, and so, yeah, it just... It, it touches my heart thinking about the grace that God has given us. And that we can see 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 that I feel like I still do like Islam. I wanted to finish on it because even like um, talking about his, how his grace is sufficient, and then you hear from David, David who like you know being camped out in caves, going fighting wars, living. He definitely came. He also struggles too. And it just says, it just says here, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So there are times when we are in green pastures, where we are led by still waters. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us in horrible times all the time. He does lead us through the times of green pastures and the water. But even though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It's not always going to be green pastures. We do, have, we do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we don't have to fear evil because He is with us. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your lives, my people, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, because we all have that grace, and we have all been given grace. We have all been given the gift of Jesus. And so... I just want to leave with you today. I want you to think about, think about like your thorn and what you're going through, but think about how you're going to take that and how you're going to use it to defeat the devil and you're going to use it to lift God up. So I'd just like, I'd just like to say a quick prayer and then my people are going to come and they're going to do, they're going to do um, a song for you and then I'll pray again. But I just want to pray now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you'll be with these people in this church, that you will bless them, Lord, with the troubles that, that ail them, with the thorns that they have in their life. And I pray, Lord, that you will use it for your glory, that you will use it to bring more people into this church, and that you will use it, Lord, to bring glory to their lives and to bring peace and grace to their lives. And we thank you so much, Lord, for it. We thank you for the troubles that happen to us, and we know that you will take them away one day, Lord, when you come back again. We love you so much, and in your name I pray, amen.